0: Welcome to the fourth season of the Coaching Cast, your working from home managers club. Here to keep you company, remind you that you're not alone and that there's many of us outside of your current four walls, all trying to survive and thrive in today's business environment. So, regardless of where you are working right now or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you here at the Coaching Cast. I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach leader and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo which suffocates rather than advocates.
1: And I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting that two-year-old who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. In
0: this podcast, we explore all things work-related, matters impacting you at work right now, presenting different topics each episode, which we discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints, and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We really hope you enjoy listening. Today, we're talking about how your superpower at work is yourself and how you can build your self-belief. Stay with us and enjoy. So, before we get into it, Suze, happy birthday! <laughs> Cheers <laughs> to you. you! Thank you very much. Cheers. 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 Um, so, everyone listening, uh, Susie and I have started on the booze early today because it is Susie's birthday and it you know is. any special occasion warrants a glass of fizz in our eyes so we are cheersing to Suze today it is her birthday
1: thank you so much yeah no, thank a, you your pleasure
0: see commitment to the podcast cause
1: <laughs> absolutely recording birthday even on your birthday birthday recording but it's all good fun and actually a really good way to spend my birthday morning I'm loving it um Excellent. so yeah 37 today <laughs> um on the big 8th of Feb um Way better already than last year's birthday.
0: Oh, of course. Oh my goodness, yeah.
1: (laughs) So in true Susie style, I spent my 36th birthday last year in hospital (gasps) on my own, recovering from surgery because my um, appendix ruptured or
0: erupted or erupted as I quoted at the time so anyone who listened to my announcement of Susie going into hospital this is right at the start of the launch of this podcast yes. as you know because those of you that listened um last week will remember it was our birthday we were celebrating the coaching cast being one so we'd literally launched and then poor Susie was rushed into hospital with an, a, a ruptured appendix or as I announced it on you know across all of our social media platforms <laughs> and the podcast itself and erupted, it erupted like <laughs> it Mount, did Mount, Mount Vesuvius eruption. It so yeah, I totally got that medical term incorrect. It's a good job I do yeah. this and not medicine.
1: So yeah, it's um so it's been a bit of day so far, and I hope it continues <laughs> in that way. Um, what how I woke up to my birthday last year. Um and also it's not raining here, it's dry, it's a nice, quite crisp February day. And yes. that's one of my favorite type of winter days. Yeah. I don't particularly enjoy having a February birthday, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, because it's always kind of just a bit grey and yeah, but like, oh, and I much prefer the summer. I wish I had a summer birthday sometimes. Doesn't maybe
0: everyone wish they that... had a summer birthday?
1: Yeah, maybe we should have like a half birthday, like in August.
0: Well, my birthday is the 27th of December. And anyone who knows me knows how much I dislike my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I was often told by my parents that I could select a different day of the year to celebrate my birthday if really? I hated it that much. Oh. And that we could celebrate it in spring or summer but I never took them up on that because I was like but it's not my birthday though so I just I never opted for that I mean yeah. the queen has multiple birthdays don't, she doesn't does. she and I thought yeah she's not for me and one of my sister's birthdays is June my dad's birthday's in June so they've already like monopolized in my opinion the middle of the year the summer so
1: yeah
0: nah, honestly I just have to stick with it 27th of December it is so it's yeah. a weird weird time of year
1: yeah, you've probably got a rougher part of the deal there than me, actually, in terms of February. But um, yeah, no, all good so far. So yeah, it's been a nice start um, recording with you today, going out for lunch later with my friend. And then I'm going out for dinner as well, I'm winning I don't have yeah. any cooking today. Great day. So um, all in all, hopefully, yeah, a good day. And I get to drink a glass of fizz with you whilst we're recording. So Excellent. Yeah, we'll see how this goes.
0: <laughs> perks of being your own boss. You can do whatever you like. You can drink on the job. <laughs> which is what Susie and I are doing. This is also the bonus, though. It must be for all of us who found ourselves working from home because I'd love to know how many people have actually been drinking during the day while they've been working or on meetings. So I, I'm always dubious when people put themselves, um, mm. you know, when people mute their video on Zoom calls. I don't like it. I find it disconcerting. I'm like, what are you hiding? Why don't you let me know where you are and what you're doing? It's probably because they've cracked open like a bottle of Merlot at like, wow. you know, yeah. 11 in the morning and got a big big glass of it sitting there with them there's something hardcore about red wine drinking in the morning I don't think I could ever yeah. do
1: that I'm. Um, don't get me wrong you know I don't mind a glass of fizz, but I would not be able to start drinking Merlot at 10 No
0: no there's something yeah. pretty hardcore about drinking red wine before midday and I am in a part of the world where the winemaking industry is big and uh if any you know South Africa loves it and some wine tastings here start at 11 in the morning, if not earlier, actually, 10, I think they can start. <sighs> Gosh. And i noticed
1: that. It's one of my favourite things to do is wine tasting. Um, it's the you've best. You've got me into South African wine as well. It's actually, so good. Before, you've got me into it and I am I really am enjoying uh, some South African There's
0: wine. There's so many good South yeah. African wines. But yeah, wine tasting, I generally, if we go on a wine tasting and we're starting that early, I stick to the range of whites on offer. I can't, I can't dip into the reds at that time.
1: And then she gets more hardcore and does a Jager bomb about 2pm. <laughs> so, it mean, so escalates. 2 pm two pm 12, 12pm. 12
0: 12, 12. What are you talking about? Pre- anyway, Jägermeister was created or is, uh, I think initially, isn't it just, isn't it a digestif? I'm sure it is. Or is it an aperitif? Do you have it I before you eat or after you eat? Anyway, Jägermeister has been dirtied, sullied by the British public and its generation of 21-year-olds or younger, as I was when right. I started drinking it. Same. And been and been ruined by the Jager bomb with the Red Bull because I'm almost certain that they created it to help digest your food after a meal. I mean, the stuff is vile. I mean, but
1: yeah. well, the facts on this podcast literally yeah. just Keep Serious. Flowing, yeah, yeah. It's mean, all
0: the it's all the menthol herb, herbal benefits of a Jaegermeister. You have it to digest your meal. I'm pretty sure it's a digestive, not an aperitif. I mean, to be quite honest, I never, ever drank it with any thought of food in mind. So, no,
1: I didn't. Not in my university years. That's no, cool. um, no, definitely not. But, well, maybe we'll have a little Jaeger balm in, in a half an hour's time. <laughs> uh, see thankfully, I sowed. Thankfully, episode I, don't I don't think I've got any.
0: I don't think I have any. <laughs> I don't think really there's like, any in this. <laughs> let's
1: talk instead of Jaegers being a superpower. Should we talk about self-belief being a superpower? Yes,
0: let's talk about self-belief being a superpower. That's a lot healthier, lot 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 um lot better, a lot more better for you. I can't even even a word. Is it lot? It's a lot better for you. Oh god, the <laughs> she's missed. She's missed right. already. She's missed let's already. Go. Quick, let's talk let's before this whole, Quick. this whole episode unravels. <laughs> <don't rabble. laughs> The American Canadian psychologist, Albert Bandura, explained self-belief as a person's belief in their ability to complete tasks and achieve their goals. It's thinking positively about yourself and your abilities and trusting that you can do it, that you can be successful, that you can overcome challenges, that you can recover from failure. The colloquial term that we use is confidence which is derived from the Latin word for dare which means to trust. Self-belief is your personal power, it's your superpower but it can be difficult to keep charged up especially when we experience difficulties and knockbacks. Our self-belief is constructed from a number of layers each of which require continual checkups care, and maintenance as we go through life, as we experience various changes and various events. The American coach and speaker, Tony Robbins, who I would be surprised you hadn't heard of, he's a pretty big character, he breaks these layers down into a number of different elements, including perspective, personal belief, including those tricky, unhelpful, limiting beliefs, which we tend to call our gremlins self-love, healthy routines, and focus, to name only a few. Today, in this episode, Susie and I are going to explore a few of these elements in more detail and discuss how you can build your own self-belief. Susie, how would you rate your self-belief on a scale of 1 to 10, sort of like right now? So 1 being pretty darn low and 10 being fully woo, present yes smashing it can you share with us that and, and also how you think or how you would describe how your self-belief is, is constructed
1: yeah so in terms of writing my self-belief right now today i probably say a seven mm-hmm. but That's good. Uh, as we mentioned in the intro um a year ago today I was in hospital recovering from surgery and sepsis because my appendix ruptured And probably my self-belief was like a three, a two or a three. And so the purpose, I suppose, of sharing that is actually, for me anyway, my self-belief absolutely does change depending on what's going on, um, what's happening, whether that's at work, whether that's personally, change, challenge, um, when stuff's going well. It is an ever-evolving thing. For me, and I think it probably is for for most people. Um, but right now today, it's probably a seven. Um, and how my self belief is constructed? Do you know what? This is a really, really interesting question. So when I was um, prepping for today's episode, and I saw this question, I was like, it stumped me a bit. I was like, oh, I don't actually know the answer to that like immediately so normally when we're kind of talking about things we're going to chat about on the podcast episodes I have kind of a vague idea of actually what how I would answer it or what my response would be for this question it really stumped me and stopped me in my tracks in my prep I was like that's a great question I don't actually know I've never thought about it before mm. so it was a really good prompt for me to kind of just pause and you know I love reflection and actually just really think about actually how do I construct my self-belief so the answers I kind of came to um is firstly how I define my self-belief for me so I've talked a little bit about how I'm quite a visual person before on the podcast so for me my self-belief is like my little mini cheerleader that sits on my shoulder or in kind of in me and who's like go Susie go easy. you can do it keep going <laughs> <laughs> like with those pom-poms like, yeah yeah and oh. um, and so that's kind of me for me like my what I see is my self-belief so that when I'm wobbling which I do and I have moments where I'm like oh my goodness me what am I doing I can't do this That little cheerleader is there, like, gunning for me and being like, no, keep going, you can do this. Uh, Probably in a very cheesy Tony Robbins accent. Um, (laughs) So like a mini coach, I suppose. Um, And so how I then kind of construct my little mini cheerleader? Well, there's a couple of things that came to mind. So first of all, I think trying to push myself into situations I will find challenging to prove myself wrong is quite critical for me so that i have a proof point and some evidence because again i am quite logical and quite factual as well in my approach and i like getting reassurance and um kind of strength from ticking things off knowing when things have kind of moved forward and, and been achieved so um i'll give you an example and lisa this is a story that you were um played quite a big part in so when i tell you this story you'll be like oh yeah i get well, i remember this i remember ah! this. Go. when I took myself back to university in 2018 to train to become a qualified coach. And Lisa and I were working together at the time and I knew she was a coach. Um, and I obviously wanted to go and, and do that. And, and I invested both financially and from a time perspective um, to do essentially a degree level qualification to become a coach at the University of Salford. And honestly, it absolutely floored me in terms of my self-belief that I could do this because I hadn't gone into the world of academia for so long. It had been nearly 20 years and I was not used to this world. I'm very much like a practical, action-orientated person. I'm not great at research and spending lots of time researching into different things. I wouldn't call myself particularly academic. And I also don't enjoy reading very much um which again I've discussed a bit on this podcast previously so the fact that I was doing this firstly kind of blew my mind a little bit and secondly really um kind of brought up some of those feelings around my own self-belief that I could do this but now I'm sat here I have my own coaching business I am a qualifying coach I have an, uh, quite a good kind of qualification, ILM qualification, which took me just under two years to study for. And I was pregnant at the time and I was working in London. I live in Manchester, so I was commuting at the time as well. So there was a lot going on, but I did it. I I sat down, I wrote all of those assignments. I coached all of those people who helped me on my journey. And I've got that proof point now that I actually can do it, And so that gives me really good reassurance sometimes when I'm in situations with amazing coaches, amazing professionals who've done it for a really long time, and I kind of get a, bit, a touch of the imposter syndrome, which I know we've again talked about before, and I'm like, oh no, I'm not meant to be here, I don't have enough years experience, I don't have this, I don't have that. And actually, no, I've done it. And I take that confidence from that story and that experience where I push myself and I absolutely did push myself in that uh, situation and came out the other end. And so, yeah, for me, that's quite a critical one in terms of helping construct some of that self-belief for sure. So, yeah, I don't know if you remember that experience. I
0: do remember it. I remember it hugely and your continual, but I can't write though. And I was like, you can, you can write. You went to university and you wrote then and you got your degree. So what can you learn from that experience? Because you've done it before, you're doing it again. You can write. And you're like, I can't write. I was like, (laughs) you can, you can. And you did. So yeah, I do love that story. But I think it is such a fantastic example of ways in which we can support ourselves to build our self-belief and to keep it maintained and to nurture it. And that is to recall when we've overcome challenges, when we've been successful, because I can, I like you, and I do think this is true of a lot of people, my self-confidence and my self-belief goes on a roller coaster ride all the time. And I think Actually, I've experienced that more acutely with more um, regular change and a lack of consistency since starting my own business, going freelance as a coach, stepping out of the safe structure and the structure that I'm aware of, the environment I know of a corporate workplace. Um, I definitely think my self-belief has taken much, much more effort to manage and maintain at all times. And I think it's because actually the reason for that is because if I'm going to answer the question of how my self-belief is constructed, it is a big equal share between how I view myself and how others view me and the feedback I get from those around me. So I believe in myself because actually making reference to actually one of these layers that Tony Robbins talks about, self-love, I actually really like myself. Like that is true. I do like myself a lot. I'm happy with how I am. I enjoy what I've become. And I don't think we're very good at saying that out loud because as a Brit, there is an element of, does that sound arrogant? Does that sound, which I do think in other cultures, that's just not interpreted in that way. I know whenever I've spent a lot of time in the U.S., That's just normal. That's how people refer, you know, talk about themselves. And it's absolutely fine. And I've always loved that because I just think, yeah, good for you. But I do. I like who I am. I'm very proud of who I've become over time and the, you know, the, the way in which I've evolved and changed based on my experiences. And actually, some of those experiences have been really tough. And again, I think that's probably contributed to how much I believe in myself because I know I'm strong. And that I can survive things because of incidences that's happened in my life. So I've I've suffered a lot of family illness um, with close family members like my mum and my sister, which occurred for me in my young teenage years and which were really difficult to deal with at the time. Um, My parents have been, you know, got divorced. I found that very challenging. But I think knowing that I got through all of it, that I have survived it that actually I've learned so much from it and that the relationships I have with my family are very strong despite all of that yeah gives me actually a lot of self-belief because it proves to my to me that I can um as I said overcome difficulties challenges that I am resilient and so I do trust myself in that respect I do think that's where a lot of my self-belief comes from but going back to that point of I do think there's quite a substantial contribution of external factors, which is, you know, I do appreciate the feedback, the perspective, the recognition from other people. And that helps me to actually, well, I suppose it it contributes to my self-belief. I don't want to use the word it validates me, but I think actually if it, you know, In some ways, I think it does, which isn't particularly healthy. I'm going to call that out now. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, because actually, for you to, I think, to be really confident consistently and to really help with maintaining your self-belief, the more you can rely on yourself for that, the better that you will be, because you will be much more independent, and that's where you can you know, coming back to Albert Bandera, the American Canadian psychologist, that comes back more to his point, which is actually you can, it's not just about a person's belief in their ability to complete tasks and achieve goals. What's missing from that is by themselves Mm. because actually that self-efficacy, I can do it on my own. You know, it's irrelevant about whether, you know, anyone else is there, the support. Yes, it's helpful, but actually I think the more that you can become self-reliant, the stronger you are. So, as I said, I'm sort of hesitant to say validation, but I know if I'm being brutally honest that there is probably an element of that in there, which probably then plays into a subject we will come on to, which is that Gremlins piece, which, you know, I know you, you described having a cheerleader. I have that, but I do have um, a critique as well, who is sitting there quite regularly, and I think the two of them often love to have a bit of an argument about how good it I happens. actually am. I like Bant. it to be banned. So it'd be nice if it was a bit more jovial <laughs> than it actually is. Um, but, but yeah,
1: so- I think, um, sorry, I didn't mean to- No, you? no, I think, go for it. I think just your point around external relationships is a really interesting one because one of the things that also came to mind when I was thinking about my answer to how my self-belief is constructed is I know that I'm very sensitive to other people's energy and that other people's energy rubs off on me. So if I am around- really high energy positive um optimistic people i really feed off that in Mm -hmm. terms of my own um, mood my own responses and reactions equally if i'm around somebody who's um perhaps a little bit more in a negative space i feel that as well and that can impact me and so i think one of the things that i consciously try and do is i try and surround myself with more positive energy So whether that's people who build you up, um, whether that's colleagues, um, people that you work with, mentors, friends, family, et cetera, like I try and really spend time with those who have a positive influence on me Mm. and not those who I find don't. And then also who I follow on social media. Mm. So I didn't used to do this before, but my friend told me about this and I was like that's actually really useful is we spend so much time on social media we do because we have a big active presence on Instagram so we are on Instagram quite a lot the mm. two of us. Um and actually I found that I was starting to um, probably not follow some of the right people that would really help me in terms of building and helping me develop and create my own self-belief about actually I might not look like that but there's still really great stuff here to be celebrated and believed in and I think for me I've been through a lot of physical change in the last year because I've had quite a lot of physical health issues Mm. so my self-confidence wasn't particularly great because I've also had a baby over the last few years as well but actually I started following more in that example more body positive people and, and, and influences and so I surrounded myself with more positive Energy, more positive kind of narratives and actually that I haven't really thought about it in terms of the way that I was feeling from that perspective for a while it's all actually been okay and, and felt all right and I think that does play those external relationships whether that is those kind of fake relationships on social media or actually those in-person connections that you have with those around you can have quite a big impact on how you construct your own self-belief it does for me anyway
0: Yeah, I totally, yeah, I can totally agree with that. I actually, yesterday, it's interesting you say, I've turned the notifications off of all social media platforms on my lock screen. So if my phone's locked, I don't know what's going on. Because actually I was finding constantly having my phone's lock screen pinging with um, various notifications across Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. It was just too much. I just wasn't always aware of it and it was driving me mad. Um, So I've had to really look at how I manage myself around social media and actually in the same way as you've described, I've had to look at who I follow, why I follow them. And as soon as actually I start following anyone who I realize are kind of triggering unhelpful thoughts or feelings, I just unfollow them. I just think, you know what, it's just not worth it. Because, you know, in a similar way to the um social virtual relationships I do think it's the same with physical ones as well as you've mentioned and I do think actually a lot of my self-belief comes from the fact as I said I do have self-love but actually I feel loved by others and I think actually that's often really made me feel secure comfortable in my own skin the fact that I do have people that care about me love me support me whether that's my family my best friend's my husband and then in a work context again you know I've got some great individuals both you know in terms of ex um colleagues yourself Suze you know you're a huge support to me my coach my business mentor you know it's important to have those resources there to ensure that actually when you yourself may be struggling with your i think self belief and needing support to just give it a bit of care give it a bit of love that you've got the resources there available to you to do that because yeah. i do think that helps you to strengthen yourself so that you can move on without anybody else if you you know going back to that point of like really focusing on trying to be self sufficient because but it's impossible i think to be able to for me anyway to just be able to do that all the time. Oh, you
1: know? 100%. It's, it is impossible. And I think if you're thinking that you need to do that every day, all the time, that's not what we're A suggesting here. And B, that's not reality. Like, let's be real. You know, we, each one of us, myself and Lisa's talked about it as well before there. Like, we wobble. That's mm-hmm. life. We go through ups and downs as a roller coaster. Um, and it's okay for that to, to be. Um, the case and and to happen but it's about how you look and recognize that and continue to build and reactivate that cheerleader
0: yeah and I think it's it's always about perspective as well isn't it and I you know in terms of when those wobbles occur Enabling yourself to understand and recognize what's happened, what's going on, why it's occurred, and not allow it to tarnish everything. Because I know that that in itself is a skill. You know, just because one thing's gone wrong doesn't mean everything's wrong. Doesn't mean that you're wrong. Doesn't mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's trying to contain it and just look at it in its own moment in time and recognize it for what it is. To be able yeah. to then deal with it, learn from it, and move on without letting it undo the whole construction of what of what you what you've put together. Yeah. So what on that point, then, because we started talking about those wobbles. What do you think the biggest challenges are to maintaining our self belief?
1: I mean, I think for me, anyway, it's slightly different in work and at home. Um, so I think at work. Wow, I've transitioned my career. I, same as you, I used to work in a big corporate organization. I did for a long time. had a big system around me, big support network. I took a leap of faith and set my own business up as a coach and, and trainer. Um, and so I my biggest challenge is, is keeping that faith, is, is those wobbles that f- from a work perspective in that I have something that's meaningful to other people that helps them solve a problem um and that I'm good enough to do it and that they people want to pay for it mm, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and you know that's my bit that's my continual wobble from a work perspective and mm-hmm. I think for a lot of small business owners that's probably something that happens for a lot of us um and finding that inner strength to just keep backing myself that you just kind of keep going and you know, it's, it is, it is tough and having that faith, I think that one, when one door shuts, which they do, you mm-hmm. know, it's happened to me in, in my, um, career so far of running my own business, door shut, they shut quite frequently, quite regularly, but having that faith that actually another will open at some point and that will yeah. be right for you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's absolutely my biggest challenge is that inner cheerleader from a work perspective now has become more critical in helping me, you know, believe and have self-belief. But equally, I think you mentioned it there, there's somebody on the other side, that gremlin that's on the other side, which can also be a big voice because it's down to me now to make everything happen and to do it well um, and to create, you know, success in terms of this business and this this leap that I've made in in my career. So that's, I think, it from a work perspective for me. In terms of my, I think, home life, I mean, there's a couple of things. Obviously, I'm a working mum and any working mums out there in our CBB population, I know there's um, a few of them, believing you are doing a good job whilst trying to maintain everything else in your life whether that's your relationship with your child or your children your work relationship with your partner relationship with friends and your family making sure the house is like not a tip that there's food in the fridge that we don't have dinner that the washing's been done I mean the list can go on the (laughs) dog's been walked like I go on and on. I think um, I listen a lot to Rob Beckett and Josh Whitcomb' parenting lockdown podcast, and they they refer to it as the mental load. <laughs> so you know, there's a lot there, and that's some of my kind of biggest challenges. My self belief that actually um, it's okay. Like I'm doing okay. I've got it. I'm, I'm continuing to kind of hold it yeah. together. And and for me as well, and this is very personal to me. You know, I live with type one diabetes. I've had diabetes for. Nearly 13 years this year. Uh, And that was a big adjustment, a big change. And it changes sometimes hourly, daily in terms Mm -hmm. of what I need to do and how I need to manage that long term condition. And so I have to believe that I can do it because there have been times in my diabetic tenure so far where I actually thought, especially when I was pregnant, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is. Changing so often and so rapidly, mm. I can't keep up and I don't know how to sort this out and I don't know how to do it. So that plays quite a big part, I think, in terms of some of my challenges in maintaining my self belief from a more personal perspective and, and, and at home, because that's probably the thing that changes so most frequently in mm. my life that I have to kind of keep up with. Mm. So I was thinking about this
0: one in respect of how I answered the first question we talked about, which is how is it constructed? Mm. So I was talking about it in terms of actually, I've admitted a big part of how I've constructed my self-belief is what others think of me. Yeah, It's actually the same thing that can undo my self-belief is what others think of me. I was just thinking that. I was like, it's kind of a contradiction, but it's true. But I think that's even why it's so important to stress the more you are clear about how you feel and think and view yourself, the stronger you will be because that way, what changes externally from you will have less of a a negative impact because you can never control what other people think or say. They will think and say whatever they like if they so choose to do so. And you can only just be you and continue to do what you're doing and what you think is right. So I know when my self-belief has... Being challenged, it's based on either what someone has said to me, and I'm thinking very much in a work context here. It's based on what someone has said to me that has really challenged the way in which I view myself or how I believe I've done something.
1: And it's <laughs> I was thinking about it in terms of that
0: it's difficult in itself because when it challenges your belief system around yourself, when it challenges the way in which you've constructed who you are, that is quite a difficult thing to to deal with. But it's it's even more difficult if you're not even clear on that from your own perspective. So Mm -hmm. I think you do have to be clear about, you know, what's important to you, what you think you represent, what you love about yourself, because then when people start picking at that, if you've managed to, build that confidence around who you are and you feel good about it, it's a lot easier to to challenge back or even just to listen and throw it away. God, I say my my self-belief is definitely constructed by what others think of me, but it can equally be pulled down by the same things. Mm -hmm. And I do think I I want to be liked by everyone. I'm not very good in so much that I know that there are people I don't like and I'm fine with that, but I'm not good in return. So we, actually, I won't like someone, but I don't want them to not like me, which makes no sense whatsoever, by the way. But I, do, I definitely am one of those sorts of people because I want people to think I'm great. I want people to only see the good stuff. So, it's, so if people don't like me or think negatively about me, I can find that quite difficult if I'm aware of it. Because I will just want yeah. to fix. I will just want to fix it. Let's talk about this then. This personal beliefs bit. So, how do we tackle our gremlin- gremlins when they're keen to bring us down?
1: Well, I think first off, it's probably important to think about why we have gremlins, what their purpose is, because we do all have them, and actually, we develop them to protect ourselves. That's why we have them. Yeah, and a lot of that is actually, when you read about it, linked back to something in our childhood quite a lot of the time, um, and or something that's happened to us in quite an early experience, perhaps that's an early experience in your career, early experience in um, your childhood. But they kind of embed themselves in then into the way that we think. And So, for example, if you've got like a gremlin there, and I have this sometimes a little bit, you know, if you're, you're thinking like everything I do has to be perfect, It has to be absolutely spot on. It can't go out the door unless it's perfect. How that manifests in terms of your behavior will will be that you'll become more risk adverse because you'll want everything to be perfect. And so you won't be as good at being like, okay, it's broadly done, but it's okay. And off you go. And I talk a lot about this with my coaching clients, actually the phrase done, but not perfect, and being kind of comfortable with that. So, Yeah, that is kind of what their purpose is. They do have a purpose. So I think it's good we just kind of recognize that. But in terms of your question around how we tackle them when they're holding us back, for me, I distract myself. So if I get a limiting thought, a a gremlin, a, a limiting belief that pops into my head, I try my hardest to not dwell on it too much and just think this is just a belief and actually stop like stop this and actually where has this come from has somebody said something to me of a billionaire situation which triggered me yeah what can I and what can I learn from that so I was in a situation a few months ago which really triggered me in terms of some of my experiences in my career actually so far and I didn't know that about myself until I was in it and I was like wow I've learned something there and I know that's kind of like not true now so I think catching it where you can having awareness of them that they're they're there and they're coming in and reflecting then on okay what does this gremlin telling me why is this gremlin suddenly appeared and what do I do with this now and then the other thing i think is then once you do that is practicing and reinforcing the opposite narrative as much as you possibly can to disperse that gremlin and that and that um, belief, and that's what builds your own self-belief, yeah. the fact, the ability that you can do that and work on doing that. We don't always get that spot on. It is an art to do that, and you have to practice it. But yeah. that, that is an important step. And for me, little thing I've got. So in my office, and we end this podcast with this very statement, which is, you've got this. On my windowsill in my office, where I'm sat, I have got a picture and it says, you've got this. So if I'm having a wobble, probably more at work than in my, maybe in my personal life, I just glance up at it and it's there and it reminds me again, I'm very visual. So that works for me. And you know, we end the podcast on it because we generally believe that actually you have got this and that you can generate that momentum, that movement, that belief from yourself and that inner cheerleader to move you forward. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really, really big on creating that awareness of when there's kind of limiting thoughts come into your mind, reflecting on them and thinking, okay, where the hell has this come from? And why is that? And actually I need to practice and reinforce now that those are actually beliefs. They're not necessarily fact. And I need to kind of think about disproving this to myself. And for me, that's looking at my mantra and being like, no, I absolutely have got this. So that's how I tackle my gremlins, which which helps me kind of curate more of my own self-belief. What about for you? I think
0: very similar to you. I think it's doing all of those things. I think the other for me is reminding myself that actually I have faced into challenges before and proven that I can overcome them and achieve. And I do think that continues for me to be a continual really helpful exercise, which is to go back and look at All of the times that I've achieved success and to be honest that goes right back for me to even school because school for me is still very vivid in my mind about my successes things I found difficult ways in which I um, scaled obstacles fixed problems so I can go as far back as that but generally as a quick reference I will just look at it and go this is this is what you've had to face into before. This is what you did and you did it. You achieved it. So you are capable, you can do it and you'll do it again. And I think whenever I've got that little negative gremlin having a go at me, telling me that I can't do it, I'm not capable, I'm not qualified enough, I'm not clever enough, I'm not experienced enough, I'm like, no that's not true though. And just stopping and just, if you like, it's even like little ticking things off in some ways, if it's really, if I'm really struggling with it, I will actually just take myself back to a memory of achieving something really, really important to me. So like, I remember one of during my first coaching qualification, I had my final assessment and um, because part of the qualification was I had to uh, coach people and be um, assessed by um, part of the qualifications team, which was always terrifying. Um, and I had failed the previous one, so it's a retake, and I passed the retake with a distinction. Well, you know, I always I remember exactly how I felt at the time. I remember the room, the person I was coaching, where I was, you know. I remember how I felt when I achieved it. And I do find that a helpful exercise to go back to that and go that, you know, remember how you felt, remember what you did now go do it again. You know, it's that yeah kind of recreation of, of success. Cause I do think that really helps and it gets you into that mindset of I'm going to do it. I'm going to smash it. I'm going to achieve, I'm going to be successful. I also think, you know, there's loads of quotes out there and I can't remember quite one off the top of my head, but there's a lot out there that says, look, you know, if you don't challenge yourself, you'll never grow, you'll never move forward, you'll never achieve more than what you've achieved today. Now, you might be perfectly happy with what you've achieved today and that's absolutely fine. That's not a critique on that. But if you know there are other things you want, sitting here, not taking action isn't going to get you anywhere. So actually, if you want something, you have to be prepared to go get it. And that will mean at times you'll have to challenge yourself and push yourself out of your comfort zones. And only when we do that do we learn. And that feeds self-belief for me. That's what builds it because your perspectives change, your focus changes. You know, I do know actually when I challenge myself, it's often when my self-belief gets a boost because it's that kind of, you know, leg up to go, Look at you. You're going for it. You're trying things out. I'm a trier. I am a trier. I always say well, wow. I'm a trier. I am, wow. I, I'm also trying, some people may say. <laughs> but I am a trier. I like to give things a try. I do my best. Pff, can't ask more from me than that. And I have to admit, that has come from my dad. So my dad and my mum. Oh, actually, Robin. Robin, who you guys met in season two. Season two. They're both the same. They both will always just try best. Try best. Yeah. At least you've given it a try. You've not avoided it. You've given it a go. Just do your best and see what happens. It's a great
1: mantra. You know. Well, just talking about quotes there, I have actually got a quote for you here. Oh, good. This is about um, self-belief. Okay. Um, It's from a guy called, I need to say this right, Rob Kiyosaki. I think that's how you say it. But his quote is, it's not what you say out of your mouth that determines your life it's what you whisper to yourself that has the most power and that's absolutely what we're saying here that cheerleader that. that cheerleader is that person who is whispering to you against that gremlin so you've got the two on either side of your shoulder one being your cheerleader saying go lisa Go, Lisa. You can do this. Whoa! And then you got the gremlin on the other side. He's like, Nah, mate. <laughs> Don't think so. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, no, that's not meant to be. You're not meant to be there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but actually, it's which one we choose to listen to, and um, that gives us that most power when they're, we're whispering our thoughts to ourselves. And which one has the biggest voice that will really help determine our self-belief. So, yeah find your inner cheerleader, your inner whisperer, that's for sure. It's now time for this week's Workplace Shame. This is where we share an embarrassing workplace story from one of our listeners or from one of us if times are desperate. But this week's story is from CBB. So thank you so much for sending in and allowing us to share. So the story goes something like this. I was driving an hour and a half for an interview for a new job. I was waiting in reception whilst my interviewer and potential new boss came down to greet me and sought my access to go through reception, etc., etc. My nerves were building by now, but I was wearing a lovely new wrap dress, which tied at the side, and I was feeling good. I also had a bag with me, which was quite heavy with my laptop and books in it. And I'd placed it on my lap to the side of my leg whilst I was sat down waiting for them to come and greet me. When I stood up to greet my potential new boss, the bag pinned my dress down and the tie at the side, which resulted in it starting to unravel. So there I was trying to greet them both whilst fumbling around trying to awkwardly retie my dress back up at the side whilst they stood awkwardly waiting for me to do it. Hopefully that's not why I got the job. (laughs) (laughs) Did anything drop out? No, I don't think so. But I think the dress was starting to unpeel itself at the side because oh, it was God. a wrap dress. Uh, and, yeah, it was. I think it was saved, but not to the point where people didn't notice what was going on. Oh, my God, that is really, really...
0: Oh, that is ridden. so funny. Oh, bless you, CBB, for that, that situation. A- but congratulations
1: on you- getting the job. Exactly. Excellent. You got it's the like, job. Woo! well done um, that is well funny thanks for sharing that is a great story thank you so much for sharing so if you have a workplace shame that you well I don't know you might be keen to get off your chest or just want to share with us for bans have it featured in this season then just email it to hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or you can message us on Instagram by searching the coaching cast and send us a DM don't worry all workplace shame stories will remain anonymous So,
0: it's time for bullshit bingo, CBBS. This is where, as you know, we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which make us cringe. Today's bullshit bingo is actually a whole sentence which one of you have kindly shared with us and which apparently actually happened in their workplace recently. Oh. So, I love, a, like,
1: one that's just happened to someone. I know. So this actually them.
0: happened. Okay, so this is a whole sentence, not just okay. a word. I'm okay, I'm excited for So this. here it is. So
1: we've agreed
0: that I'll prepare an Aunt Sally with gaps. It may be pushing the envelope slightly, but if you prime the pump, we should be good to go.
1: So Susie, unpack oh. that one for us. I mean, I'm just stunned into silence. What the? What the what? What's an aunt? I mean, Sally. <laughs> First of all, Aunt Sally, I have no idea what an Aunt Sally is. I thought Sally that was is. a Pub game, Aunt Sally. Pub game. You I know? thought it was like a frozen dessert brand. <laughs> no? I don't know. Like, <laughs> what the hell is Aunt Sally with gaps? I'll prepare an Aunt Sally with Can gaps. Can you read it again? It's, yeah. it's so good. Okay. So we've agreed that
0: I'll prepare an Aunt Sally with gaps. It may be pushing the envelope slightly, but if you prime the pump, we should be good to go. Ah, uh, but if you prime that pump,
1: we'll should prime be good to go. Pump. I mean, that sounds I mean, dodgy. Come on, that just needs game changer and winning hearts and minds added in, and then <laughs> it's literally the perfect <laughs> scenario. Bit of oh. low hanging fruit.
0: Oh absolutely. my goodness. Well, CBB that sent this to us. Thank you so oh, that's much. Brilliant. That's a cracker. It's and so I'm so good. I'm well, I don't know whether I'm sorry you work there or whether actually
1: I'm jealous. Sounds bloody brilliant if you work with this sort of stuff. Oh Jesus. I absolutely love this one. This this is now in one of my top times. Yeah.
0: Because it's just time. a
1: whole sentence of bullshit bingo. It's not just a single word, phrase a whole sentence we've taken it to the next level here that's crazy and i am impressed i love it keep them coming guys we need all your bullshit bingos please we do yeah so if you can top
0: if you can top this bad boy if you've got a sentence that you can send through then yeah send it through to us at hello at the coachingcast.co.uk or you can always message us on instagram uh, and yeah let let us know if you've got anything that's as good as that So we're coming to the end of today's episode where Susie and I have been talking about growing your self-belief, a very complicated subject, as I'm sure you will agree. So we've got some tips and recommendations for you based on what we've discussed today. Uh, so these are things that we do that we, we find help ourselves. The first one is remind yourself of your successes. So take yourself back to those moments. This is a great one to get perspective around your self-belief and to refocus and really ensure that you are being real in your success, that you're not getting stuck in that negative space, that you're giving yourself your own facts, actually, of how fantastically capable you are. Number two, be aware of your gremlins. So we all have them. It's a part of life. They're there to protect us, as Susie says, but sometimes they can just go a bit too far. They can be too overprotective and unhelpful. So just be aware of them. Be aware of what they are saying to you and check them for facts. So be really clear about where is this coming from and why. And if you can't find any actual facts, then it's the indication that it is just coming from you and may not be particularly helpful. The third thing to really counteract your gremlin is to create your own cheerleader So whereas your gremlin can be unhelpful, your cheerleader is your helpful individual. So really create your own and create a a new mantra for yourself that your cheerleader can say to you in those moments that can be a lot more helpful. And then the fourth thing is really think about your environment. So your self-belief is constructed by many layers of different things. Susie and I shared actually how the environment we're in, the people we surround ourselves with, that includes virtual. So we talked about social media, actually can be a contributing factor to what we think about ourselves. So just be mindful of that and look at making changes where they're useful. As well as those top tips, we've got some questions to ask yourself this week, and they are surrounded around that particular first top tip of reminding yourself of your successes. So If you are struggling with your self-belief, here's something for you to try. Think back in your past and write down each achievement success up to this current point along a timeline. So really make it very specific and um, an an objective in that you can really see those particular points on a uh, timeline of when you've been successful. What skills and strengths you have which enabled you to achieve these things? Reflect on what you have written and acknowledge your capabilities. Number two, repeat the same exercise and identify any challenges or difficulties that you faced and had to overcome. What did you do to overcome these? And again, acknowledge your capabilities in being able to do so. So lastly, what can you utilize from this learning to support you now in your current and ongoing success? So don't worry if you can't remember our top tips from today. All top tips and ideas will be on our Instagram at the coaching cast this week, and you'll be able to find all of our previous
1: top tips from other episodes and seasons on our grid. We hope you've enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts, or feedback, we love hearing from you. So contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or on Instagram at thecoachingcast, or on our brand new website, which is still out there in the worldwide web of thecoachingcast.co.uk, where you can also sign up for updates for new episodes and exclusive content. Your support means everything.
0: Therefore, if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us grow the podcast, please do us a favor and follow us on Instagram. Leave us a review on the Apple podcast app. That's the most important. And subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen. Don't forget, you can also watch each of our episodes on our YouTube channel by searching for The Coaching Cast. And you will also find all links to watch episodes via the website,
1: www.thecoachingcast.co.uk. In next week's episode, we're discussing how to get what you want at work, whether that's a promotion, a sideways move, or a pay rise. So make sure you stay tuned for that episode. It's going to be a good one. We both love music and use it to motivate and
0: energize us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into the next meeting. It's my choice this week, and I have chosen a bit of a Motown classic. And actually, it sounds really negative, this song, but it's so upbeat. I absolutely love it. It's called The Love I Lost by Harold Melvin and The Blue Notes. Oh, I'm going to go and check it out now. I absolutely love it. So thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you have a great week. And remember, it's our coaching cast mantra. This is what we always say to help us to get through the week and to build our self-belief. You've got this.